I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Ezekiel chapters 32 through 34. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. And how about yet another prophecy on Egypt in chapter 32, verses 1 through 16. Verse 1. And it came to pass in the twelfth year and the twelfth month, on the first day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say to him, You are like a young lion among the nations, and you are like a monster in the seas, bursting forth in your rivers, troubling the waters with your feet and fouling the rivers. Thus says the Lord God, I will therefore spread my net over you with a company of many people, and they will draw you up in my net. Then I will leave you on the land, I will cast you out on the open fields, and cause to set on you all the birds of the heavens. And with you I will fill the beast of the whole earth, I will lay your flesh on the mountains, and fill the valleys with your carcass. I will also water the land with the flow of your blood, even to the mountains, and the riverbeds will be full of you. When I put out your light, I will cover the heavens and make its stars dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give her light. All the bright lights of the heavens I will make dark over you, and bring darkness upon your land, says the Lord God. I will also trouble the hearts of many peoples when I bring your destruction among the nations into the countries which you have not known. Yes, I will make many peoples astonished at you, and their kings shall be horribly afraid of you, when I brandish my sword before them, and they shall tremble every moment, every man for his own life, in the day of your fall. For thus says the Lord God, the sword of the king of Babylon shall come upon you. By the swords of the mighty warriors, all of them the most terrible of the nations, I will cause your multitude to fall. They shall plunder the pomp of Egypt, and all its multitudes shall be destroyed." Also I will destroy all its animals from beside its great waters. The foot of man shall muddy them no more, nor shall the hooves of animals muddy them. Then I will make their waters clear and make their rivers run like oil, says the Lord God. When I make the land of Egypt desolate and the country is destitute of all that once filled it, when I strike all who dwell in it, then they shall know that I am the Lord. This is the lamentation with which they shall lament her. The daughters of the nation shall lament her. They shall lament for her, for Egypt, and for all her multitudes, says the Lord God. Well, as I mentioned, here is yet another prophecy regarding the fall of Egypt. This series began in Ezekiel chapter 29. Based upon the data given to us in verse 1, we know that this is one that was given in March of 585 B.C. That's in year 12 and month 12 after Jehoiakim had been dethroned and imprisoned in Babylon. That's the same time that Zedekiah had become the Babylonian appointed king of Judah. At this point, Jerusalem has fallen just as Ezekiel had prophesied. We see from Ezekiel 33 verse 21, as we'll read that in a few moments, that the news of the fall had reached these exiles two months earlier. 
Misery loves company. For a comprehensive look at the fall of Jerusalem, then look at my notes on Jeremiah chapter 52, and you'll see all the passages lined up on the fall of Jerusalem. Since Jerusalem has fallen, what about Egypt? Is God going to do what he said he would with them also? (laughs) Yep. Here it is in this chapter, the final two prophecies on the fall of Egypt from Ezekiel. Pharaoh's demise gets some mention in this one. Verse 11 makes clear that Babylon is the conquering culprit here. And one more final prophecy on Egypt in verses 17 through 32. Verse 17. It came to pass also in the twelfth year, on the fifteenth day of the month, that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, wail over the multitude of Egypt, and cast them down to the depths of the earth, her and the daughters of the famous nations, with those who go down to the pit. Whom do you surpass in beauty? Go down, be placed with the uncircumcised. They shall fall in the midst of those slain by the sword. She is delivered to the sword, drawing her and all her multitudes." The strong among the mighty shall speak to him out of the midst of hell with those who help him. They have gone down. They lie with the uncircumcised slain by the sword. Assyria is there and all her company with their graves all around her. All of them slain, fallen by the sword. Her graves are set in the recesses of the pit and her company is all around her grave. All of them slain, fallen by the sword. Who cause terror in the land of the living? There is Elam and all her multitude, all around her grave, all of them slain, fallen by the sword, who have gone down uncircumcised to the lower parts of the earth, who caused their terror in the land of the living. Now they bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. They have set her bed in the midst of the slain with all her multitude, with her graves all around it, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword, though their terror was caused in the land of the living, Yet they bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. It was put in the midst of the slain. There are Meshach and Tubal and all their multitudes with all their graves around it, all of them uncircumcised, slain by the sword. Though they cause their terror in the land of the living, they do not lie with the mighty who are fallen of the uncircumcised, who have gone down to hell with their weapons of war. They have laid their swords under their heads, but their iniquities will be on their bones because of the terror of the mighty in the land of the living. Yes, you shall be broken in the midst of the uncircumcised and lie with those slain by the sword. There is Edom, her kings and all her princes, who despite their might are laid beside those slain by the sword. They shall lie with the uncircumcised and with those who go down to the pit. There are the princes of the north, all of them, and all the Sidonians who have gone down with the slain. In shame at the terror which they caused by their might, they lie uncircumcised with those slain by the sword, and bear their shame with those who go down to the pit. Pharaoh will see them and be comforted over all his multitude, Pharaoh and all his army slain by the sword, says the Lord God. For I have caused my terror in the land of the living, and he shall be placed in the midst of the uncircumcised, with those slain by the sword, Pharaoh and all his multitude, says the Lord God. Now this prophecy was issued in April of 585 B.C. It follows by one month of preceding prophecy, that we just commented on at the beginning of this chapter and basically assigns Egypt their place with all other surrounding nations, death and destruction. 
While Egypt was one of the last nations in the region left standing, so to speak, the nation did fall to the Babylonians around 568 B.C., just as Ezekiel had prophesied. Well, we're finally done with the oracles against Egypt, the ones that we started back in Ezekiel chapter 29. In Ezekiel chapter 33, he explains his job as watchman, verse 1. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, When I bring the sword upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman, when he sees the sword coming upon the land, if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning." His blood shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth and warn them for me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn from his way, and he does not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Therefore you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you say, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us, and we pine away in them, how can we then live? Say to them, As I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? Therefore you, O son of man, say to the children of your people, The righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness, nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in the day that he sins. When I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity, None of his righteous works shall be remembered, but because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Again, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, if he turns from his sin and does what is lawful and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has stolen, and walks in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, he shall surely live, he shall not die. None of his sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful and right. He shall surely live. Yet the children of your people say, The way of the Lord is not fair, but it is their way which is not fair. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall die because of it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is lawful and right, he shall live because of it. Yet you say, The way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to his own ways. And it came to pass in the twelfth year of our captivity, in the tenth month, on the fifth day of the month, that one who had escaped from Jerusalem came to me and said, The city has been captured. 
Now the hand of the Lord had been upon me the evening before the man came who had escaped, and he had opened my mouth, so when he came to me in the morning, my mouth was open, and I was no longer mute. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, they who inhabit those ruins in the land of Israel are saying, Abraham was only one, and he inherited the land, but we are many, the land has been given to us as a possession. Therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord God, You eat meat with blood, you lift up your eyes toward your idols and shed blood. Should you then possess the land? You rely on your sword, you commit abominations, and you defile one another's wives. Should you then possess the land? Say to them, Thus says the Lord God, As I live, surely those who are in the ruins shall fall by the sword, and the one who is in the open field I will give it to the beast to be devoured, and those who are in the strongholds and caves shall die of the pestilence. For I will make the land most desolate, her arrogant strength shall cease, and the mountains of Israel shall be so desolate that no one will pass through. Then they shall know that I am the Lord when I have made the land most desolate because of all their abominations which they have committed. As for you, son of man, the children of your people are talking about you beside the walls and in the doors of the houses. And they speak to one another, everyone saying to his brother, Please come and hear what the word is that comes from the Lord. So they come to you as people do. They sit before you as my people, and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not do them. And when this comes to pass, surely it will come. Then they will know that a prophet has been among them. For there's no need to prophesy concerning the fall of Jerusalem. At this point, it's already happened. Well, Ezekiel told them and told them, but all they did was hate him for telling them the word from the Lord. It's tough, though. It's his job to warn the wicked, we see in verses 8 and 9. In verses 10 through 20, Ezekiel stresses the importance of individual obedience on behalf of these exiled Jews. Then in verse 21, the message comes from an escapee of Jerusalem that the city has fallen. It's been a tough seven-plus years for Ezekiel since he began prophesying about this. As a matter of fact, he didn't speak except to prophesy for the whole time. We read that in Ezekiel 3, verses 24 through 27. Here in verse 22, we see that he can speak again. His muteness is gone. Ezekiel is told that now the people will know that he had prophesied correctly. Now, there's some interesting dates regarding the fall of Jerusalem. In the December-January time frame between 589 and 588 B.C., the siege on Jerusalem was begun by the Babylonians. In September of 586 B.C., Jerusalem finally fell to the Babylonians. And then in the December-January time frame of 586 to 585 B.C., we find the refugee in verse 21 shows up in Babylonia to report the fall of Jerusalem. You'll notice that the siege on Jerusalem lasts for about 31 months. It took five months for it to get back to the exiles in Babylonia that Jerusalem had fallen. Now, some have taken this passage out of context to be a universal lesson on a believer's responsibility to witness to the lost and the consequences for not doing so. In rendering this passage as such, they surmise that the physical death spoken of here is really a reference to spiritual death 
and that those who had salvation in Christ can lose it, according to them. It's a very dishonest way of teaching that one can lose one's salvation, and it's all done by grossly misrepresenting Scripture. Likewise, these teachers have done with Ezekiel's comments about his responsibility to warn the Jews in Ezekiel chapter 3 and Ezekiel chapter 18. As a matter of fact, notice the clarity in this passage that this warning is designed to motivate Ezekiel to take his warning to the house of Israel. Then we read in chapter 34, the first 10 verses, about those bad, bad prophets in Judah. Verse 1, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God to the shepherds, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? You eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool. You slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock. The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and no one was seeking or searching for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, says the Lord God, surely my flock became a prey, and my flock became food for every beast of the field, because there was no shepherd, nor did my shepherd search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and did not feed my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my flock at their hand. I will cause them to cease feeding the sheep, and the shepherds shall feed themselves no more. For I will deliver my flock from their mouths, that they may no longer be food for them. In that Semitic culture, it was common to refer to a nation's leaders as the nation's shepherds. Israel had some bad, bad shepherds here, caused the nation to sin and ultimately fall. That's Ezekiel's theme in this chapter. We find the indictment against these leaders in verses 1 through 10 here. But there's coming a day which is the subject of Ezekiel 34, verses 11 through 31. Verse 11, For thus says the Lord God, Indeed I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and the valleys and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel." I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek what was lost and bring back what was driven away. Bind up the broken and strengthen what was weak, but I will destroy the fat and the strong and feed them in judgment. And as for you, O my flock, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I shall judge between sheep and sheep, between rams and goats. 
Is it too little for you to have eaten up the good pasture that you must tread down with your feet the residue of your pasture and to have drunk of the clear waters that you must foul the residue with your feet? And as for my flock, they eat what you have trampled with your feet and they drink what you have fouled with your feet. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, Behold, I myself will judge between the fat and the lean sheep. Because you have pushed with side and shoulder, butted all the weak ones with your horns, and scattered them abroad, therefore I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be a prey, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will establish the shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David, a prince among them, I, the Lord, have spoken it. I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to cease from the land, and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing, and I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessings." Then the trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase. They shall be safe in their land, and they shall know that I am the Lord, when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. And they shall no longer be a prey for the nations, nor shall beasts of the land devour them, but they shall dwell safely, and no one shall make them afraid." I will raise up for them a garden of renown, and they shall no longer be consumed with hunger in the land, nor bear the shame of the Gentiles any more. Thus they shall know that I, the Lord their God, am with them, and they, the house of Israel, are my people, says the Lord God. You are my flock, the flock of my pasture. You are men, and I am your God, says the Lord God. Well, then in verses 11 through 24, we find a promise to gather those scattered sheep back together into one place, and that is the millennium. We know this is the millennium because of the clear mention of David in verse 24. The judgment that takes place in verse 17 equates to the judgments of Matthew chapter 25, which take place just prior to the beginning of the millennium. The good shepherd will then rule over Israel, and that's the Messiah being Jesus. It's no wonder the good shepherd metaphor of John chapter 10 angered the Pharisees so much. They immediately would have equated those words with this chapter concerning the coming Messiah. Then we get a taste of what life on earth during the millennium will be like in verses 25 to 31. Listen to these. God will rule with David among the people of Israel. Secondly, no fear of harm from predator-type animals. Thirdly, we'll have appropriate seasonal rainfall during the millennium, complete security from man or beast, no more hunger, and finally, a restored relationship between God and the people. Those are the qualities of life during the millennium as stated here in verses 25 through 31. A clarification needs to be made to distinguish this period as the Messianic kingdom. We anticipate the implementation of the kingdom in what we commonly call the millennium. The millennium is a distinct period of 1,000 years presented to us by John in Revelation chapter 20. During that period, Satan will be bound. He will have no influence over the inhabitants of the earth. Moreover, the Jewish people will have been purged prior to the beginning of the millennium, 
and all the Jewish people will be living under the provisions of the new covenant outlined in Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. Now, at the end of the millennium, Satan will be loosed and will subsequently organize a great rebellion of Gentiles against the Messiah. These wicked Gentiles will be comprised of those Gentiles who were born during the millennium and chose not to acknowledge Jesus as Savior and Messiah. There is no scriptural indication that any Jews will join this rebellion. After the rebellion is quashed by the Messiah, a new heaven and new earth will be established wherein evil will no longer exist, and that's according to Revelation chapter 21. If you'd like to read more about the conditions of the millennium and the new earth to follow, then look at my notes on Isaiah chapter 65. Well, that's Ezekiel's message of restoration. So you see, he wasn't all bad news. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walton.